Mikey, Tene Hortaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National Friday Power Ballad Friday. I'm Wallace Chapman. Great to be with you. We check into the latest with the weather. Uh, very soon, rain and wind uh, is pounding parts of the North Island. Uh, and we'll keep you up to date on that and across uh, the shows uh, on the weather. Very bad out there. Child vaccination rates remain in a state of crisis as healthcare providers are stuck in a post COVID 19 catch up phase, say experts. We talk about that after four. And a storm is brewing in Beach Haven, 81 apartments to go in. It would attract bedroom commuters and single people, some locals say. So we discussed that. And a possibly historic announcement from Pope Francis. He criticised laws that criminalise homosexuality as unjust and calls on all Catholic bishops to welcome uh, the LGBTQIA plus people into church, but says it's still a sin. So is this baby steps or is it half-cocked? And as a commenter, commentator makes the case in The Guardian that having a lot of books is smug and middle class, better to hand them on for others to read. So small bookshelf versus big bookshelf today. What are you? Text me 2101, email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today on a very wet Friday, Verity Johnson, columnist and founder of Club Burlesque. Kia ora, Verity. Kia ora, Wallace. Although it's still a wonderful Friday, and it's wonderful to see you. Oh, it's always wonderful to be here. Yeah. Uh, also today, uh, Stephen Jacoby, Executive Director of the New Zealand International Business Forum. Kia ora, Stephen. Kia ora, Wallace. Great to be here. Great to have you both in. Now, heavy rain warnings for those looking forward to a long weekend. Let's talk about this uh, from where I'm sitting. The literal waterfalls when I look outside my window, really. With us is Lewis Ferris, communications meteorologist from Met Service. Lewis. Welcome. Kia it sounds like you're probably in Auckland if you've got literal <laughs> waterfalls outside your window. It's absolutely pouring oh. down. We've just issued a severe thunderstorm warning, so we've been talking about the potential for some downpours, and we have seen those realised. They have happened. We've had a number of stations around Auckland tick up 40 millimetres of rain in an hour, and that's huge. Just to top that, we had Gosh. one of the Auckland City Council's ones record just over 60 millimetres of rain in an hour. So absolutely coming down around Auckland currently. 60 millimetres of rain in an hour. Um, What is the forecast for the next uh, few hours into the evening? So that rain is going to stick around, but those sorts of rainfall rates will begin to ease as we move through the rest of today and into tomorrow. But it's not looking like a great long weekend for those celebrating Auckland anniversary weekend. And we've been saying that earlier in the week, we're Mm. saying if you were planning to get away from work early on Friday, maybe it would be better if you delay that. And we've seen that there's been road closures around Coromandel. There'll be patches of flooding all through Northland, down to Auckland, parts of Waikato as well, probably even um, into parts of Bay of Plenty, but it looks like the worst is yet to come into Bay of Plenty. So rain for the rest of today into tomorrow, easing a little bit on Sunday and Monday, but looks like the rain will shift back up into Northland before the long weekend is done. Good on you, Lewis, and we'll keep updated with the weather across the show and in the next Kia ora. Thank you for your time. That's Lewis Ferris from MetService. Jumping into the Friday mailbag, and, yeah, there was a lot of response uh, across many topics today. Let's start with this one. The Irish president is calling for homework to be banned. 
And we got more response uh, on that perhaps than any other, and particularly from teachers who very much said, yes, ban it. It was very interesting. But John says, my third form English teacher once a week would give us an essay topic to write. My classmates would all pick up their pens and start writing. I would sit there in a complete blank. At the end of the period, I still hadn't written a word. The teacher would ask us to finish it for homework. After dinner, I would still be staring at a blank page. Then I could hardly write fast enough as the ideas flooded in. Um, we Had we not been asked to finish it for homework, I would never have developed my writing skills. Someone says, while well, how do kids fit in extracurricular activities? My kids often worked until after 10pm to complete homework because the alternative was to give up the extracurriculars they loved. The cost is they're overtired and they don't learn well the next day and join the discussion. So we had John on the phone. He was from Mortalbeck High School previously, Verity, and he said mm. uh, as a teacher he doesn't endorse it. What do you think? Are you calling for homework to be banned? Okay, so on the one hand, I still have nightmares about not handing in homework. My reoccurring nightmare is that I haven't submitted the final essay for my history exam in year 13, and I wake up in a cold sweat yelling about the Russian invasion in World War One. But um, I actually think, looking back on it, doing homework, because I was really bad at maths and basically having to do like four hours of homework pretty much every second day on it because I was so bad. Yeah, um, I was really, really awful and I had to do a lot of work on it. And it kind of is one of those things which at the time felt awful, but now I'm really glad I did because it taught me that actually intelligence isn't about what you're born with, it's what you're prepared to work for. And I think that was one of the things that really changed the way that I look at my whole career. Is that, yeah. Wallace, behave. I don't expect my employees to take their job home. In fact, I'd fear for my safety if I tried it. Why should kids be subject uh, uh, to incompetent teachers who can't get their message across in a prescribed time? You'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Stephen? Well, Wallace, you know, um, I think I've said on the show before I went to Auckland Grammar School, I mean, you wouldn't have survived if you didn't do homework there. In fact, we were homework machines, Wallace. That's what we were, <laughs> and exams. Yeah. But uh, I don't uh, regret it at all, and my kids did a lot of homework and uh, uh, I mean frankly uh, you know learning today is not just about the teacher telling you everything it's about you discovering things for yourself I'm talking about students here and um, uh, I think a lot of that can be achieved through properly directed homework. Okay, so you're going, you both are going against the grain. Mm. You are both pro-homeworkers. Yeah. Very interesting. Neither of us are standing for political office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least I get a call from Chris Hipkins. I don't know. Okay. Um, what is a music concert that you cried at? That got a big response. I said uh, Prince when I went to Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne to see his band. Uh, the only time I can recall crying at a concert is when Paul McCartney closed his show in Tokyo with Hey Jude. Many in the audience, including me, waved light sticks. Uh, it was about five years ago. Um, this concert, says Bruce, that brought me to tears was Scholar's Baroque Aotearoa Choir, conducted by Shelley and Poppy, a performance of Handel's Messiah in Tauranga in 2019. Oh, it was beautiful and it was moving, says Bruce. Around the panel, can we lift a memory uh, very quickly off this? Can you recall any concert that you uh, cried at, be it, um, you know, Pink or... Wallace, I have never been to a okay. concert, ever. You're kidding me. No, I've never been to a concert. I, ne- like, I, I was going to go to the Pussycat Dolls when they came, but they didn't because of COVID. Unreal. I know, yeah, and I also avoid listening to anything that will make me cry because I'm terrified of crying in front of people, so... 
Well, that, okay. well that's weird. Okay, <laughs> Stephen. Uh, weird. Well, um, uh, um, each to his own, I guess. Uh, a concert. Well, look, uh, uh, Tina Turner in Paris in 1988. That How about that? Look, I heard this one the other day on your show, and I thought to myself, why wasn't I on that day? Because you're always asking about <laughs> music, and I can never give a sensible answer. But uh, the only other time I really cry is when I'm listening to my daughter sing, uh, as she did Happy in the tears. New Zealand Youth, Happy tears, right. New Zealand Youth Choir. Uh, tour of France in 2018. Really? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. She's good. Well, the whole choir yeah. is good. It was good then, is good now. <laughs> what a wonderful thing as a parent to see your daughter in a national youth choir. Yes, an extraordinary thing. And a big shout out to the youth choir and to uh, the great work they do for oh, young yeah. singers. That's great. What great memories there. Um, Patty says, I cry at every concert. Live music just pulls it out of me. And we talked about uniforms, uh, of course. Uh, when in Costa Rica, uh, whether or not uniforms are, and we're talking about this later, whether uniforms really have had their day because they are just so expensive. Uh, Jen said, my daughter went to a school with n- no uniform. There was no issue with social marking, as suggested by Janet. The students could wear whatever they wanted and, frankly, Liberating. No one cared what was worn. Students, teachers, parents, and the time and effort to ensure the correct uniform was freed from more fruitful activities. Some boys even wore dresses. It was uh, fantastic. I grew up in France. The concept of school uniforms is completely asinine there. Meanwhile, all schools are required to feed the students. So there we have it. Okay, so around the panel on here. You, what school did you go to, Stephen? Auckland Grammar School. Auckland. Did, they, yeah. did they have uniforms? Did they have uniforms in Auckland Grammar School? Yes, they did. And when I was there, uh, we actually were able to have sandals. That was a really big deal. Oh. How about oh, that? You rebel, so you. going back, would you, I mean, would you, do you support a uniform? I think that... Uh, um, the good thing about uniforms is that they can um, build a sense of connection and a- attachment to a community. I, I agree. I agree. You can do that in different in different ways. Uh, I was the chair of a school board that had uniforms as well, and we used to have this debate at length. Uh, I, I am I am concerned about the cost because uh, it can be horrendously expensive uh, for parents. And I'm concerned about some of the weird and wonderful uniforms you actually see around. On the whole, I'm comfortable with it, but hey. Okay, so that's yes. Verity. I'd probably just get rid of it. I I don't really see the point, and it's expensive, and it's something that you'll never, ever wear again. And I think my mum still has, like, two blazers that I have from high school, which cost, you know, like $300 each, and I'm never going to wear them, so I don't really see the point. I still have my school jersey, (laughs) but I don't wear it. I was going to say, do you wear it? Because <laughs> that's the worrying part. <laughs> Not if you still have it. <laughs> well, have you framed it or something? Yeah? <laughs> you signed it. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's sort of hanging there. And mm. we discussed, of course, didn't we, yesterday, cul-de-sacs, probably the second biggest uh, load of uh, emails, uh, whether or not you're into cul-de-sacs. One urban planner said they are out-of-date suburban 60s, but there was a massive blowback against that. We lived three years in a cul-de-sac in Auckland. It was great. There were basketball hoops on the lamppost. No through traffic and it was a five minute walk to the bus stop time for I've been thinking let's uh, why don't we start with you Stephen Jacoby take it away I've been thinking well Wallace I've been thinking day and night about a meeting uh, of 200 business leaders uh, from the Asia Pacific region that uh, we're hosting in Tamaki Makoto in a few weeks time uh, I, I mean it is a full time job at the moment organising this meeting uh, uh, this I is bet. a meeting of the APEC Business Advisory Council I mean that's on the on, on, that just flows off the tongue doesn't it uh, and um, 
you know, we couldn't host anything in 2021 when New Zealand was chairing APEC, so this is an important meeting. It's one of the first larger business gatherings of this type we've had for a number of years. So one of the largest well, in the world, isn't it? Well, it is when it comes to the summit at the end of the year. This is kind of a pre- precursor thing, and it's a business-oriented one. But Look, the thing I'm thinking about is the weather going to be like it is today, uh, and um, uh, so that's actually given me nightmares already. Uh, and you know, but I think the bigger picture is how can we use this event to display Manakitanga to our to our guests from Ngahauifa, and how can we leverage it for the good of New Zealand, all those sorts of Good things. Idea. And how can we uh, how can we make sure that um, despite the New Zealand despite the weather, New Zealand's yeah. the winner on the day. Very good, Stephen Jacoby. There, I've been thinking. Verity Johnson. Yeah, I have a I have a matter of national importance that I wish to put out to the, anyone who is listening. Has anyone else realised that we've stopped being given tomato sauce when you get chips or fries in restaurants, and how at the moment everyone's giving you aioli? So I conducted a highly scientific poll. Last ten times I got fries in a restaurant, always came with aioli. Had to ask for tomato sauce, and was looked at and shamed for asking for tomato sauce. So I need to know: Have I missed something here? Has there been a cultural minute that I just sort of didn't get the memo That's on? That's interesting. Yeah. Because I have, uh, we have a great chippy uh, in the Blockhouse Bay, um, and it's more often than not, yeah, a, a tomato sauce in this day and age is on the back burner, isn't it? Yeah, it's become part of I'd like to know why. Tomatoes yeah. have gone the same way as eggs. Yeah. Uh, is it part of it? Or cow Is it milk? part of it? Yeah. But um, the, the, the aioli and the mayonnaise doesn't cut it, does it? No. It's, I agree. It's not tomato sauce as well. I no. also feel like this is a matter of, like, tomato sauce is a national dish. Like, you can have it on ice cream. You can have it on Weebix. Like, it's supposed to go everywhere. <laughs> Scrambled eggs and tomato sauce. Like, it's supposed to – it's the national condiment. What do you prefer? Uh, like, w- how I like tomato my tomato sauce. sauce or mayonnaise? Oh, tomato sauce, hands down. What about you, Stephen? I do prefer tomato sauce, although I quite like mayonnaise. And actually, just to reinforce the point, I had lunch today mm. and there were fries and it came out with aioli. Aioli. See, so, yeah. there you go. It's, it's weird, isn't it? So it is very check weird. on the yeah. tomato sauce <laughs> we'll for um, <laughs> you're, you're British, aren't you? Originally, yeah. So, so um, do they not have vinegar on chips? Is yeah. That oh, what? yeah. Oh, Salt oh, and vinegar. Oh, look, come White on. Vinegar. That is, vinegar's the thing. No, don't yeah. be ridiculous. Oh, no, it really is. It's, Especially nah. with fish and chips. My no. wonderful producer, Yana, thumbs up. Vinegar. It's, nah. it's, 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 it's like v- toilet duck. It's, it's vinegar. It shouldn't go on chips. Vinegar on chips is actually like paradise, isn't nah. it? Oh, it's I love horrific. Heaven. Yeah. It's horrific. <laughs> I would sooner put toothpaste on chips than have vinegar. 2101, who's with me? Vinegar, the panel. <laughs>